All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Young Ari Gold, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And John, it finally happened. We are finally done. The watch is over. We have to, we can see the return. And it's funny, I actually I saw an increase in return today when I was yeah. running, roaming the streets, which is, uh, you know, even though it's an additional pick, it, it made me feel better. Um, and I kind of thought when I first saw it that it wasn't the final, final trade. For some reason, I just had this in my head that there was going to be something else. Um, so we'll get to that. But at the end of the day, Houston Texans fans can now close the, ch- close the Deshaun Watson book You'll never have to look at it again. There's really nothing to remember. And I think that's something we got to keep into perspective. The talent was there. He was an all-time quarterback for us. Uh, You know, definitely from a talent perspective, the best quarterback the Texans have ever had. From a player perspective, the best player the Texans pretty much ever had. And it's now over, though. And when you look back on the Deshaun Watson era, there's really nothing to remember about that era at all. Well, it's kind of telling it, that the the what we're going to remember Deshaun Watson for the most is this, is the trade, forcing himself out of Houston. Yep. Just the whole drama behind to it. To go to Cleveland. To go to Cleveland. <laughs> all the off-field stuff. Like, this is what's actually going to be remembered. Like, we're going to... There's going to be some, there's a couple of like highlight plays and things like that. The 10 years from now, you're going to be like, yeah, I remember him throwing that ball. But for the most part, when anybody brings up Deshaun, the first thing that's going to come to mind won't be him playing in the Texan, in a Texans jersey. It'll be forcing himself off the team. Yeah. No, you're 100% right. Right. Like what you're, what's going to be remembered is the trade and really what led us to the trade. Right. The fact that, in the first four seasons as a NFL quarterback, you went to the playoffs every year, right? No, two out every of the four year that years. He was healthy two out of the four the last year. Right. So two out of the four years, you had a quarterback who was in the playoffs, won the division, and ultimately didn't get what he wanted from the front office from an alignment perspective what he was looking for uh, and decided that after, after championing Bill O'Brien for multiple years, keeping him around being the voice that kept him around. um, He didn't get what he wanted in one off season after his first losing season and demanded a trade. And look, I hate to say this, but David Mugaletta is maybe the best agent in sports history. Honestly, uh, we could hate his acting, his, his tactics. We could hate his way. We could hate the processes. We could hate the hit pieces. We can hate that he was able to force Deshaun out of Houston. We can hate all of it. Okay. But at the end of the day, what David Mugaletta pulled off during this entire situation is honestly a master class in negotiation, a master class in flexing power, 
and a master class in persuasion and just everything. To get him $230 million guaranteed after a trade, after a year, after 14, 16 months of off-field scandals, sexual assault or misconduct allegations, not playing in the NFL for an entire season, to get him the largest contract in NFL history and it be fully guaranteed it is crazy. But then you add to the fact the way that the first year is structured and it's like Deshaun Watson only loses a million dollars once he's suspended, which who knows how long he can be suspended. I've seen people say three, three games, six games, eight games. I've seen people say a year. I think it is likely a year um, because the NFL has never seen anything like this with the amount of allegations that have happened. I think there could be a precedent set, but either way, don't like the man for what he did to the city of Houston. But if I had to hire an agent, there would be no reason for me to not sign to an agent to, to David Mugletta as my, as my agent. No reason. The guy is extremely talented. Yeah. I mean, he took a bad situation and completely bent it to his will. I stand by my original statement that I, without the accusations that Deshaun does not get traded. Without the uh, of all the off the field stuff, I bet you the Texans. I bet you they would have just they would have forced them. They would have forced his hand. This is the NFL. This is where the players have the least amount of power ever. But with all those accusations came a lot of a lot of uh, dislike of Deshaun as well from ownership. It wasn't just everything. It changed their opinion of, the, of 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 him, like it did for a lot of us. So, yeah. I mean, it's one of those that he took that situation, which actually opened up the door to Deshaun being traded. And then when Deshaun was traded, literally got the most he could out of teams paying Deshaun, and also reducing the return that they sent back to the Texans. I supposedly the the offer was reduced from what the original one was given to Casario to okay it. Like they kicked it back, which is insane, which also makes sense. And then you just saw Casario's face when they asked him. It's like, did you think that a no trade clause would be weaponized like this? And he you could just see him fighting the ability to roll roll his eyes. Like you knew that that just dro- drove him insane. Yeah, look, I, and uh, you know, I admitted on Twitter, and I'll admit it here. Like, I honestly thought Nick would dig in and ultimately try to apply as much pressure to Deshaun and athletes first to really take away whatever leverage and power that the no trade clause had. And and I was missing a, a very vital piece when I was saying that. And and that vital piece was the fact that. They were just as ready to move on yeah. as everybody else. And I think that that part, you know, when you look at what the organization has been through, um, you know, self-inflicted, n- not sitting here saying all the Sean, definitely some self-inflicted wounds along the way. Uh, Texans have a, a ton of a, a ton of issues that they need to be held accountable for. Um, but, but ultimately 
they were ready for this situation to end and and get started, right? Yeah. The longer they dug in, the longer they prolonged the trade, the longer the rebuild was going to take. And you could have, you know, held out maybe draft night, maybe uh, maybe midseason at the trade deadline. Like there, there were definitely going to be opportunities where you could have maximized the value and seen if Deshaun would have caved. I do believe he would have caved. I, I do believe he would have caved. I think but, he wanted to get on the field. He has to rebuild his image. He has yeah. to rebrand. He has a lot Apparently of he can't, can't pay, he can't afford to pay rent anymore. So yeah, well, of course, man, restaurant. <laughs> I have that. I have so that. he's. Let's go to that now. But I'm just going to add one more thing. I would have given anything to been a fly on the wall when they kicked it back because I bet you Casero is like, whatever. Let's just get this over with. Three first round picks, whatever. Let's just get the rest of it over with. Yeah. Because you're right. Yeah. I think he was just done instead of fighting back because the way that they snuck it in after he waived his no trade clause. It's like, yeah, he's just whatever. I'm done. Three, as long as there's three first round draft picks, we're, we're, we're moving on. Yeah, look at this. This is this is just an amazing, amazing thing. So Deshaun left Houston. Notice is given to pursuant of the Texas property code. Landlord has changed the locks on the doors of this property due to tenants' failure to pay rent. Tenant can obtain a new key to the property by contacting blah, blah, blah during tenants' regular business hours um, and only if tenant pays all delinquent rent. What a freaking mess. How hilarious that this dude invested this much into something and just let it go to the wayside the way that he did. But, um, well, you know, I mean, it gonna... just, it's like I hate to pile it, pile it on, but I mean, that just is everything there in a nutshell. Yeah. Like, everything there in a nutshell. Yeah. A hundred percent. And here we go. Here, here's the full trade details. So let's get to this. So, um, Houston Texans trade quarterback uh, Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns along with a round six pick in 2024. So two years from now in exchange, the Houston Texans receive first overall pick in 2022 uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, the fir- a first round pick in 2022, a fourth round pick in 2022, um, a first round pick in 2023, uh, third round pick in 2023, a first round pick in 2024, and a fourth round pick in 2024. Uh, look, six picks. It is the largest trade in NFL history. It's the second trade ever to have three first round picks. Yep. And I think the volume of picks it is officially the largest trade ever. So, you know, we wanted players. We absolutely wanted players. Not going to lie. I was sure they were going to get players. I thought that I thought that there was enough of a personal vendetta there that 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 they would have continued to make an, an issue until they got exactly what they wanted. But I, you're right; they just they got a pretty good haul. I mean, we can't complain about it. Well, we can complain about it. That's what people have been doing. But I mean, it's it's not it's something that they can build a franchise off of. Well, here's the thing. And then the thing about people complaining, I totally understand it. And I was in that camp. Like I, I definitely felt from a, val- from a player talent perspective, there should have been a lot more. Um, and I think in a normal situation, there would have been for the people downplaying and saying that uh, a teams wouldn't be willing to give up the amount of draft picks that Texans fans were thinking, look, 
A first round pick. I listened to a podcast. I forgot the name of the podcast, but a first round pick is the equivalent to um, one year played. I think you brought that up, right? Nope. No. Um, so for every year that Deshaun Watson plays in Cleveland, it, it's it, it should be equivalent to a first round pick, and I think that that's an extremely fair perspective to look at because you're 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 essentially trading for the most powerful position in sports. It dictates your success. Yeah. You could have bad coaches and bad players, but there are a lot of quarterbacks and Sean being one of them where you can overcome a lot of that. And that, that was always my biggest complaint with him is that we never really got to see that uh, in the BOB era with Deshaun. Um, You know, we'll point to the Kansas city playoff game. Uh, Deshaun didn't elevate and really take the reins from a 24 0 lead and finish instead he fell back and felt complacent um but ultimately i do believe that the talent that deshaun has and the ability he has what we got back is not a fair trade but then i take into account everything else and it's just like dude we have to we need a clean year we need a clean league year we need stories not dictated by or around and look there's going to be you know some after thoughts that are coming and you know i think we play the browns um this year so like there's definitely going to be storylines and narratives but at the end of the day we had to we had to get rid of him we had to anybody that actually thought there was a real chance that he could stay you are wild and somewhat of a psychopath if you honestly thought there was a chance of that well it's like i was downtown on friday night right after it happened i actually actually went to south by southwest go figure you know, live in Austin and again, until you tried to avoid it. And I went twice this year, but essentially a friend of a friend, we got to talking and she was a, she was a Texans fan. She's from Houston and very, very casual fan. Um, but made the comment. It's like Deshaun Watson just made her essentially her word was icky. And I put it out on Twitter because like just that she, she's like that whole situation, him, all of it. Like just bad vibes all the way around. And now it's gone. And we got three first round picks. And we get to move on. And this will probably be the last time that we talk about Deshaun, other than, you know, during the Browns game. Like we're not going to compare our situation. We're just we're not going to do it. Like we we occasionally did it with with JJ and we occasionally did it with Hop, where we kind of compared how their production to the players that replaced them. But we're definitely not going to do it with Deshaun just because of the nature of the position. Like, it's not fair to Davis Mills. It's not fair to whatever quarterback comes next. Like, really, I mean, Deshaun, football talent-wise, like, capability to be a top three pick. Like, that's an unfair comparison to – or a top three quarterback. That's an unfair comparison to no matter who comes in, even if they are a quarterback taken in the top three picks. We're just going to move on. We're gonna wash our hands of it and be done. Yeah, I think ultimately, like that's that's really where I'm at. Like it's it's over. It sucks. Look, we'll never. It'll never be okay. That like, look, there's a good chance we never see a quarterback with the talent of Deshaun Watson in a Texans uniform, at least in our lifetime. Like at some point of the franchise, it'll happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but I mean, the, mathematically, it should. Right. Right. If, if they play for another hundred years. Right. But and so the likelihood of us seeing it while Texans unfiltered is around, you know, very rare. 
very, very slim chances that that can happen. But so, you know, it's, it's always going to suck. It's always going to burn. Um, but at the end of the day, like there's just no way going around it. Like the dude quit on an entire city, an entire fan base, an entire franchise. Um, and he should never be welcome here again. The fact, look, he knows, he, he knows a hundred percent. There's a reason why he hasn't put out a letter uh, or, or anything about the trade. There's been no addressing. There's been no press conference. There's been nothing. Okay. There's a reason for that. Um, and good riddance, good riddance. And if you're fine and, and, and look, I'll even say it like this, even if you are uh, found, even if you beat these civil cases, if you beat all 22 civil cases, good fucking riddance, dude, you are still a shit person. Like you are still a terrible fucking person. So just get the fuck out of the city, go to Cleveland, which my God, how fucking dumb do you have to be to choose Cleveland over fucking Houston, Texas? Like that, that, that alone, I don't care about their offensive line from a living perspective. Like, look, he had to have chose Cleveland because he knew it was the safest spot for him to not get caught doing anything illegal again, because like, why else would you choose Cleveland? I unless, mean, the money, unless, just the money. That's well, really what I think it came down to is the money or, and hypothetical here, or he really enjoyed Baker's cheesecake stories and thinks oh, that no. he could potentially turn into the cheesecake bandit too when Baker's shipped off to Seattle, pulls up in, in, in the Bugatti uh, uh, <laughs> SUV instead of the Tahoe and gets some oh, brain boy. behind the Cheesecake Factory in Cleveland, Ohio. So there's nothing that we should overlook um, but that's definitely possible. But no, in all in all actuality, like how do you choose Cleveland over Houston? Yeah, money, sure, two hundred thirty million. You can live wherever you want. Um, and yeah, you're right, Chris. He said no to uh, the Cardinals because they didn't guarantee year three and four. Um, that's one hundred percent correct. Carolina but, or Carolina? Sorry, what did I say? Cardinals. Oh yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, the Texans have ret- the draft capital needed to rebuild. Um, I still think Nick handled this entire situation. Look, we talked about, I talked about David's masterclass. Um, I honestly believe Nick hosted one as well. Uh, he didn't fold under pressure. He didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't fall to the chances of a, of a, of a criminal indictment. Uh, he, he truly held out for the best case scenario that he could get from a return for Deshaun Watson, um, and he did it. He handled it really well. Um, I think he handled. Honestly, I think he handled it perfectly. I, I don't know what else he could have done outside of digging his heels in, in my opinion. Um, but I'm not a general manager. My pettiness would definitely cloud my judgment. Um, and Nick didn't. Nick went at it from an analytical and a data perspective and knew what he needed to get in return to be able to reset the franchise. And now we're on the path to do that. So. Yeah. I mean, ultimately how we're going to judge Nick will be four years from now. I mean, I think that he did the best job that he possibly could with the situation, but we've got to see what this actually turns into. Like 
I still am one of those people that I think the NFL overvalues draft picks drastically. Yeah. Especially first round picks. But, you know, if they can turn them into players, if start getting some youth into the team. And next year, when we have the most salary cap, I think we have like, we'll be number one in the league in salary cap room next year. $100 million. And we'll have one of the largest um, like percentages of spendable cash ever for an NFL franchise. So if Davis yeah. Mills is the guy, like we're a year or two, we're about two years away from seeing a very, very good Texans team. If Mills is the guy. And if Nick can draft well. And Nick continues to draft well. I mean, he yeah. did fairly well last draft with no picks whatsoever. Yeah. But if he's able to turn these higher draft picks into actual something, and I think we're going to end up with even more picks. I think he's going to trade back. I think the I think just... three. I think at the three, I think somebody's going to fall in love with the quarterback. Yep. And they here's what are. I, here's already... what I, yeah, I, I know. I haven't been on Twitter much, but I know Malik Willis is getting a ton of love. I think people are sleeping on Kenny Pickett. Look, every mm-hmm. year, every year they say that, you know, or not every year, but a lot of years they say this isn't a quarterback friendly draft. They're, you know, this and that, this and that. They find every reason. But at the end of the day, the general managers know that if you don't have one, you're not winning. Um, and they'd rather take a chance on one than not have one at all. So the most interesting situation for me is Philly at fifth at what I think they have 15, 16, and 19. If they are in love with Willis and I think he's better than Hertz, it'd be interesting to see what they're willing to package to be able to move up to three. Let's say they are able to they they give 15 and 19 and maybe a second or a third round pick to move up to that spot. Nick now has three first round picks in, in the 2022 draft. I mean, Carolina at six, Atlanta at eight. Like there are a ton of teams that need quarterbacks. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, in, I mean, not that Indy would want to trade with us, but Indy's likely in the market for a quarterback as well. Washington's in the market for a quarterback. No way that they believe Carson Wentz is truly the answer for long term. Um, so, Tons, tons of quarterback needy teams. Uh, t- there, there's a huge, it's, it's, it's a buyer's market. Uh, I mean, a seller's market at this point, because there's not a lot right now. Willis and Pickett are the two. Um, and because of where the Texans pick Jags don't need one. Uh, who's two? De- Detroit, Detroit, Detroit could take one at two. Detroit could take one at two. Detroit uh, is kind I, of the wild card. It's going to, they're, but then again, Detroit's kind of like us. Like they may not feel pressured to take one this year because golf was fine. Yeah, he was. And fine. next year, next year's next year's a better draft for quarterbacks. Like you stick it out one year more, one more year of golf. Um, no reason not to. Because I mean, it's going to be the Lions, and it's probably going to be us, and a couple other teams in the top five again next year. We don't know who the other teams are, but maybe because this. Well, this year will be this year's a rebuilding year for us. We're gonna have so much youth. A hundred percent. I think Texans cap throughout Texans cap throughout there that we could have anywhere between twenty four and twenty eight rookies. Yep. Um, which last year we had four rookies. I mean, <laughs> like this is this is not this year. We need to manage our expectations, but we're gonna have players to root for. Like we're gonna yep. have guys. That we're incredibly excited to see. We're going to be excited to see Davis's growth. We're going to be beyond excited to see who all these draft draft picks turn into. 
Yep. Especially with what Casario has done in the past. But we're probably not going to win a lot of games. But it's going to be better than last year because we have guys to look forward to seeing. Well, yeah, and, and real quick, Ultra Tough Scene makes a really good point and something, honestly, I haven't thought about. Browns fans will also accept him more than anywhere else. They are just desperate to win something. Look, and, and dude, you are 100% the, right. 100% some of the worst right. people I've ever met are Browns fans. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't, they, I, they just, I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly can't. I can't generalize a, a, a fan base, but but uh, but the, some I of the mean, best they all have some of the worst. They all yeah. have. All of us have terrible fans, but they, that is a spot on point, though. By ultra tough scene, like this franchise has swung and missed multiple times. They've constantly been for the, prior to the last four years at the bottom of the league, the laughing stock of the league. They've never been able to get it right, and if Deshaun can bring some consistency and his talents to Cleveland and, and make them a viable team. That is amazing. Look, as much as I hate Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback in this league. Okay. He's up there with the Mahomes, the Herberts, the Burroughs. Who else? Um, I'm missing a couple. Is that it? Mahomes. Three big ones. Mahomes, Herbert. Burrow are definitely the top, the top three, three right now. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he still statistically was up there. Um, Aaron, yep, Aaron. Tom Brady still led the league in Q, uh, in um, Josh Allen's up there. Placement, Josh Allen. Let's see. I mean, there's. It's a good time as a fan because there's a lot of quality, a yep. lot of quality quarterbacks. Here's the thing, though. None of those teams have the roster that the Browns have. Yeah. Maybe the Bills. But the Chiefs don't have the roster that Cleveland has. Um, the Chargers don't have the roster that the Browns have. Like, it's pretty much Bills and Browns from a roster perspective alone in, in their own little specific category and then everybody else. Like, the Chiefs are great. Don't get me wrong. And that's more of a scheme thing than a roster thing. Um, but I, I think that Deshaun is in a better situation from a winning perspective. I hope he doesn't win. Like there would be nothing more. I would like nothing more out of the 2023 season is him suspended six games and just being trash. Um, I do agree with Otto. He says Deshaun lacks the killer instinct. I agree. I don't think that we've seen that at, at all, except for maybe the Buffalo playoff game. Um, where that was really just a luck play if everybody wants to keep it a bean right now. Um, but Deshaun's in a much better situation than what he's ever, ever been in as a quarterback in the NFL. Um, and, you know, he's going to be going up against the top quarter. Oh, look, all the top quarterbacks are in the AFC. You're well, going to have to go through everybody to be able to even have a chance. What's um, what, The other two things that are funny about the Browns is Deshaun did not play well in cold weather. And he did not play well outside. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah. And he didn't want to play outside from what I, all the reports I read. So he, he wanted a dome. And that's why Atlanta was also so appealing for him was he did not want the weather to play a part. I mean, does anybody remember the game against the Browns that we saw him play? I think he scored, yeah. I think he scored six points, two field goals. Um, so, and if you look at just any of the outdoor games as, that he's played, um, it's, it's not good. Well, I mean, a couple of those games his rookie year where he just lit lit up the uh, when he lit up the Seahawks. Seattle, yep. 
Um, but no, I'm just surprised by it because he his splits actually do favor you know being in a dome like mo- most quarterbacks, and then he just it was the same with warmer weather. Like he's always played in the South, so we'll see. I mean, I have no idea if he'll be good uh, for Cleveland or how good he'll be. Like he'll be good, but how good will he be? So it'll be interesting to see him in that offense. Um, it's a run first offense. I mean, I don't know. Like I'm intrigued. I'm still intrigued, but I am still intrigued by Deshaun Watson as a football player. I mean, he showed. It's hard not to be. He showed a lot, just not when you needed him to show it, if that makes sense. No, it makes a ton of sense. Look, the Colts game. Or the, yeah. For... The Colts playoff game. That shit was awful. He was, he was, t- people seem to forget that game, but he was awful. Yeah. Awful. Like honestly, he was. I mean, he was bad. He's has the ability of getting hot. Like I've we've said before, he's the best garbage time quarterback ever. Because he could take something that looked like it was going to be garbage time and turn it into a competitive game. But we also have said many times, like the defense let him down quite a few times. He just he didn't look the same in the NFL playoff games versus how he did when it was Clemson versus Alabama. Um, and I really don't know it. Cause I mean, Deshaun Watson was not the same Deshaun Watson that we drafted. No, there was a different persona. I mean, granted that may be part of David Mugolata. Like that might've been them letting him know how great he is and to take advantage of it. That might not have been part of it. I don't know. But maybe that affected him on the field. Maybe it didn't. Maybe all those all those talks about him always struggling at noon games because he spent too much night at the night the night before partying. I mean, I know that it was an issue for some players that he Deshaun had an entourage at the stadium. Like he was yeah. already getting away, he was getting away with stuff that others were not allowed to get. Which to me kind of concerns me because I actually thought the best thing of him coming out of college was he was going to have that killer instinct. Like that's what you thought. You thought that the physical limitations, his specifically his arm strength, would be overcome by just his willingness to do whatever it took to win. And we saw flashes of it, but we just didn't see it at the same level that you kind of expected that to be yeah. one of his elite traits. And I don't know what happened. Yeah, I think, and now his contract's fully guaranteed. So people throwing out there, what the inspiration does he have? Yeah, like what? Uh, inspiration, yeah, what inspiration does he have at this point? And that's a huge contract. Like he doesn't even need endorsements anymore. He needs like, nothing. He, he, it's I guaranteed. Mean, he makes he's forty five million dollars against the cap every year that he plays for them, minus the first year. Actually, take that back. If it's if it's if it's a one million dollar base salary for the first year. And it's a two hundred and thirty million dollars salary or a guaranteed contract, and it's a five year contract, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's fifty five million dollars over four years. That's like why? Why would he like if he falls off a cliff? Who cares? I mean, and it's not even falling off a cliff. He's just not going to take that next step. Like, if Cleveland gets the same Deshaun that we had, and that's it, 
I mean, for what they're paying, he's going to drag that team down because that's just too much of too much of the cap. And they already, I mean, they are actually in not a horrible spot draft capital wise, surprisingly, after trading all that, because they have done a good job of uh, acquiring assets. But that franchise or that contract is a franchise altering contract. Like it's an albatross. Yeah. That if he's not the best quarterback in the lead, then they are going to have a hard time justify paying him that if he's only top five or only top 10. Yeah, no, I, I look as much as I think he's a super talented quarterback. I don't know if he is worth $230 million. Now we haven't really seen him in a scheme that's friendly to him. And maybe that changes. He does have a ton of talent. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are a nice running back tandem. Mm -hmm. He has a really good offensive line. He has Amari Cooper. He's got David Njoku. I mean, he's got talent. Um, It's going to be really interesting to see if he's able to take that, like, because he does need to take a step to be worth $230 million. And that step has to be consistency. That, yeah. that, was, that was always Deshaun's biggest issue, was a lack of consistency week to week. Those 12 o'clock noon games where he didn't wake up until the fourth quarter, like the Browns play a ton of noon games. And if you think that because the Browns got Deshaun Watson, they're going to put him all over national games, I can't see that being the case. It's already a PR issue. Okay, Cleveland media is pushing back extremely hard about this local businesses are putting out statements a lot of women-owned businesses in cleveland are are making statements and talking about the impact that the browns have on the community and the fact like their judgment for this this decision like there's gonna be a blowout um so yeah i don't know Let, look the best thing that can happen to this team for for the texans in 2022 yes draft well yes develop mills but if if we're lucky enough where Deshaun gets suspended for eight to maybe even a season and Baker's gone and they're starting, they, they traded Case Keenum and they're starting yep. some guy and they're losing massive games and their pick is a top five pick W for the Texans. Um, so yeah, look enough about Deshaun. Um, I'm so glad he's gone now. Not saying that the team is better with him gone because I don't think you can say that with a straight face, uh, but they could be better if everything works out the way that it should work out. And look, I'm excited for Nick. I'm, I'm excited about Nick in the first place. I I love his press conferences. I know a lot of people don't like him. I I, I love his press conferences. I think he gives you a lot more information than you actually think he does. And you're just not reading in between the lines enough to actually see what he's saying. Um, and look, uh, the the PR team is or the social media team has been awesome too. Um, they've been uh, really fun with the stuff that that they've been posting uh, <laughs> uh, last week. Um, so, look, the 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 book is closed. The era is over. This era got us just as far as the Matt Schaub, Andre Johnson era. Um, And now it's time for the Nick Casario era to begin. I am not looking at anything that he has done the previous season to judge him. I am looking only forward. I feel like Nick's Nick's time actually starts now. 
Um, when you just take into account the situation that he inherited, there's not a lot that the general manager could have done better than what Nick Sirio has. I know a lot of people are upset about free agency and a lot of people, even Rivers, who like I honestly thought like and, and he's been he's gotten a lot better. He's been a lot more positive. But like even Rivers is really like seems to be like, oh, more C minus C plus players. Like, of course, like a re like a retread of last year. But like, why would you spend the money on free agent? free agent in free agency on on star players or above average starters or whatever it may be during a year where it's not going to lead to anything it's a waste of money why do it i don't understand the logic of why people think that they should do that again i've said it multiple times over the past two years if you look at pretty much any common sense interpretation of what nick casario needs to do based on the way you know having to work with the cap and build up draft and this was even without me me even writing off i didn't think that we were gonna get anything for watson once the number got up because i mean remember the actual number is closer to 28 it was only 22 correct um so i mean like just after all those accusations i just thought there's no way there were i not no way but i thought there was a very real possibility that we wouldn't get any compensation for Watson. I was just writing him off as being gone. And you knew that Nick was still going to take, have to take three years to really build the team. Year one, cut all the bad crap, like all those bad contact contracts, like just cleaning up the mess. Like you have to, you had to shed that. Like there was players that were way overplayed that you just needed to let them go. He did that. Also during year one, you bring in core guys because guess what year two is going to be? All rookies. We are going to see more rookies this year than we've probably seen the past five years combined. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. I think that's about spot on that are going to make the actual roster for the Texans. We are going to have so many young players. He wasn't kidding when with this group of veterans that he brought in that they were core guys that are going to teach Teach the teach the rookies like these are these rookies are going to come in with a lot more physical ability than a lot of the what these veterans have. But a lot of these veterans are just very smart players that have been around the league that will hopefully create that. I I can't even say the word because everybody gets upset, but they're going to create that culture that people are taught and brought in. And the year after year three, that's when the salary cap is clean. Like, if you look at how it's beginning to line up, like, they're going to have so much money to spend next year. And it all depends right now on how quickly we get good, on whether or not they have to draft a quarterback, because that'll delay everything at least another year, because that quarterback will have to develop, or Davis Mills takes the next step. So that's going to be intriguing to watch. And here's the thing. We're going to have a quarterback to replace Deshaun Watson. Whether or not they're on the roster... I don't know, but we're in a spot where we're going to get to see that happen here shortly. Yeah, look, I, th- I think all, all of the pushing of the salary cap or restructure deals and things of that nature, look, it's about it's about a full reset and next year um, gives them a ton of, uh, of uh, room to be able to negotiate. Look, you have you have players that are going to be up soon. Um, Titus being one of them. Um you're going to want a long-term deal for Titus. You don't draft, even, even though he didn't draft Titus, you don't let good players go in free agency. 
Um, so if you could sign Titus, what this is Ross's what third year, so fourth year next year. Um, Jonathan Grenard, another guy that's going to need some money. You know, if he continues to develop, who knows what happens with Davis Mills? Um, so there are some players that are going to need some 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 of that salary cap. And then when you look at like honestly, and I truly believe this, I really think that his whole goal is to draft and retain his players drafted and build the the entire roster through the draft. I don't think Nick's ever going to be a big player in free agency outside of last year. The Patriots really never have been huge players in free agency. They've always just kind of taken care of their own guys and built their roster that way. Um, And I would expect Nick to do the same exact thing. Maybe there'll be one or two sprinkled in. um, But outside of that, I think that's truly going to be, the the path that Nick takes and look, look at what the Colts are doing. I mean, the Colts, that's exactly what the Colts are doing. Their entire team is pretty much drafted. They've built a solid defense, a great offensive line. Um, so it, there's really nothing wrong with that. Ultimately, that's what the cap space is there for. You would like to get into uh, the process of drafting your guys, retaining your guys, and that being your roster, instead of having to dip your toes into free agency, you're going to have to fill the roster spots. You can't retain everybody but you want to keep your core um, intact to be able to actually bring some consistency to the roster and to the team. So um, I think Nick's in a great position. I think there's a ton of, um, yeah, you're right, Chris. They do, they do make high risk trades, um, but they usually always pay off uh, typically outside of Chandler Jones. Um, Yeah. I think, I think Nick's position, the Texans in a good, in a good way to be able to reset and rebuild, um, I think next year is going to be a lot of fun in the sense that, um, you know, we, we have an idea of what the future looks like. We have an idea of what the return was for Deshaun. I think that's a lot of the reason why people wanted to trade him so early on last year was just to kind of have some insight into where the Texans are going, where Nick wants to take them, know what's available uh, from the picks and the return for Deshaun Watson. We all have clarity on that now, and we just have to hope that Nick's able to hit on that. I do think there's going to be a couple of teams that are really going to be interested in a quarterback. And I just don't know if, I don't know if it'll be, you know, at three uh, that there'll be a trade, but like, you know, the Steelers could, the Steelers could definitely be in there for a quarterback. I mean, honestly, like that would make the most sense. The Steelers, they draft their quarterbacks. They do not trade. They do not sign their quarterbacks. They draft their quarterbacks. They develop their quarterbacks. Um, so, you know, that's another team to watch. There, there's plenty of teams to watch. Uh, in the draft when it comes to quarterbacks. And um, I'm just excited that this year we we have draft picks and we have the ability to be able to reset the roster. Yeah, we should have draft picks for the next three years. Yeah. No matter what happens. like And even if I mean, not. That's insane. And even if not, John, we have the capital if, if necessary. If for some reason we go on a win streak this year and say win seven games and we fall out of the top ten somehow, you have the draft capital to move up and get a pick. Let's say the Jags exactly. move into one or a team with a quarterback that gets injured and ends up having the first round pick, like things like that happen in the league. And if you need to, you can move up. If Davis doesn't show to be the guy. Um, so who knows? I, I, I think there's tons of potential, tons of different options. Um, but I'm just glad that we're able to finally yeah, I move mean, on. It's... And then the storylines, I'm just ready for that. I'm so yeah. glad the storylines are gone, dude. Look, Jack has fallen well, to the wayside. There seems to not be any talk about Jack Easterby, really. Um, it, it just kind of feels like a there, whole. There's new a little bit. There's 
Not as much. Nowhere yeah. near. I mean, especially here, because we've kind of all moved on from it, but when Cleveland fans were trying to defend trading for Deshaun, they were like, oh, it's because y'all have a pastor running your team. There's still some national analysts that still still bring that up, that they think that's why the trade was, because they just haven't been paying attention. But for the most part, for our, it's over. And I mean, I'm just, I'm excited because we are no longer the bleakest franchise. Like, that's what was just depressing about last year is how everybody said the Texans was hopeless. There was no light at the end of this tunnel. Like they're just going to be a, in a bad space and they're in the worst space of any of the franchises, which is just absolutely not true anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, you know, I, I believe Nick is in charge. Um, I'm sorry. And- I'm so, sorry, everybody, about Korea. I know that was a big one, by the way. Oh, why? Why do you have to go there, man? I just saw the video right. of him getting off the plane in Minnesota. Forgive me. Why, why do you have to go there? Um, but it's just no. The Falcons are probably the Falcons are in a bad spot, even though they did just get a third round pick. But they they've got no money. Um. But no, it's just, it's nice to be over and done with. And if you just take a look and take a step back, the franchise was so badly mismanaged by Bill O'Brien as a GM that, I mean, it actually kind of makes sense. Like Deshaun's on a team that will hopefully max, that would hopefully max maximize him. And the Texans now have a future again after giving it up. I, we have so many holes that we need these draft picks. So, yeah, I mean, we're not, this is actually one of those big high risk moves that you would make if you were in Madden and it wasn't forced to you, but you have a team that you take over and it's full of holes. So you take your one valuable asset and you turn it into as much as you can. No NFL team would ever do that with a quarterback before, but the Texans were kind of forced to do it. Now it's a hard reset on the franchise. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it's going to be interesting. Like the, the draft is going to be, for the first time in a couple of years, the draft is going to be a ton of fun. Um, having two first round picks is just going to be, I really, I really hope that we go uh, just defense. I, I really hope we go back to the, the days of having a dominant defense. That was, after seeing, like, after going through the Deshaun situation, banking on a quarterback to get you where you need to go, especially in the AFC now, like, if you can get back to, like, those defenses that the Texans had, these top quarterbacks aren't going to be as scary when you're able to have a, a pass rush and, and a secondary and some linebackers that can cover. Uh, like, it's just going to be – it would be just be more interesting for me to see that. Um but obviously, who knows what they're going to do. But um, just the opportunity to be able to—I I really want to see a defense again. I loved when we had a great defense. I thought—I thought that the team was extremely fun. I know we had a—you uh, know—a rotating door of quarterbacks at the time, but that de- you could count on that defense week in, week out. Well, it wasn't just the defense. We actually had depth everywhere on the team. We had a solid offensive line. We had—I mean, when Arian Foster was healthy, and Remember when Hop came in and just replaced Andre Johnson like it was nothing, like just lined him up. Well, yeah, I mean, but I, I mean, it's just I, getting just getting back hearing. to the 
like past the Arian years, like that that gap yeah. between Arian and Deshaun, where you just even the Brock year, right? Yeah, like that. that oh yeah, year, that defense was insane. The defense was great, right? And yeah, and and that would that would be amazing, or or grabbing like Nicobe Dean, or uh, you know Sauce Gardner, or you know Kavion, or the defensive end from Penn State, like. There are some players that are extremely interesting. Kyle Hamilton would be extremely interesting. Like, there are so many different players that that can really bring something to this team that they're missing. And uh, I would love to have a top corner. I'm not going to sit here and like lie. Like, I, I'd totally be fine if we took Sauce Gardner at three and we didn't trade back. Jordan Davis is another guy I like. Like, taking a corner at three. I know it's not like a, something that you do normally, but look, if you love the player and think he can he can be that lockdown corner on that left side, like you have the 13th pick overall, like go ahead and grab that corner that you're going to have to take care of one side of the field. Like I, at this point, I really don't care. It's just exciting to be able to actually have an offseason where I can do mock drafts in the mock draft simulator and act actually have an understanding of like what players could potentially be added to this team instead of, all right, let's wait all the way until the third round. You know, like doing those no. draft simulators last year with with no first or second was just not as fun. No, I mean, it sucks because first off, you're like, I barely know these players at that point. Right. You're, you're over 100 prospects in. And I mean, God bless like Jordan and there's a lot of others that are able to retain that much information. Oh my God, yeah. But I can't remember 100 prospects the way that I used to, not in detail. No. And, you know, only having to worry about, I don't know, a hundred this year and being able to enjoy that part, that that's, that's going to be a lot more fun. And yeah. And don't forget about the draft party, John. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not. April 28th, April 29th, two days. We're going to, we're going to do Kobo's Q. Yeah. We're going to do Thursday, Friday. Are we saying Saturday morning? uh, I probably won't be able to, but Jordan's, I have Jordan flying down. Uh, to do the the live draft coverage uh, with us oh, nice. at Kobo's. Nice. Um, <laughs> I've been talking to him about it, so it'll be fun uh, to have Jordan at Kobo's Q. Um, kind of being basically the way I envision it, I kind of see him as our Mel Kuyper. Uh, we'll be able to announce the picks, have the conversations, and then we'll set up, kick, uh, kick it over we'll to Jordan. Up, we'll set up a phone on a tripod somewhere. <laughs> right, kick it, kick it over to Jordan, and then Jordan breaks down uh, the draft pick. So, um, it should be a ton of fun. Make sure you guys uh, save the date. Uh, first night of the draft, second night of the draft at Kobo's Q. Me, John, and Texans Thoughts uh, will we'll be there uh, to, to do the draft. So, um, yeah, man, I guess that's really about it. I mean, we got a whole offseason to talk about draft and everything else, but ultimately. Yeah, I guess maybe next week we'll start talking about the free agents that we signed. Not that they're that exciting. Um, let's yeah, be honest. The- the pass rusher from the Rams is pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean he's 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 a dedicated pass rusher, a specialist. Uh, I mean he's he's a good depth signing. Like he's a solid signing. But he's better than Jacob but, Martin. Yeah, he is. So we just got to get that oh. interior of the offensive line fixed. Like ultimately, like that would be the best thing for me. I do think AJ Cam is a, is a very interesting signee. Seven years. Healthy. If he's healthy, like I mean, he's he's a gamecock, so I know him very well. Um, if he's healthy, I uh, yeah. If we can get Marlon Mack at a um, Nathan Gorecki, uh, if we get yeah, Marlon yep. Mack at a at a reasonable contract, because I again don't believe in play, paying um, running backs. 
but especially when we have as many draft picks, because there's a couple of draft uh, running backs that look like they'd be fun. Yeah, Marlon Mack would be great. Honestly, even if it's like a one-year, like $5 million deal, I'm good. Like, I think it'd be – or a two-year, $10 million deal. Like, I I think it'd be interesting to see a young, dynamic running back look good after his injury. Um, But, um, yeah, that interior of the offensive line, AJ can – look, if Brandon Thorne is in love with him at guard, Mm -hmm. if that – if Brandon is in love with a a interior offensive lineman, then – I'm going to feel a lot better about Brandon signing. Dorn, I believe, has well, like one of the highest hit rates on, uh, on offensive line uh, prospects, if not the highest. Well, so, he has an entire podcast dedicated to offensive line, and he is he is an expert. If you expert. want to learn about if you want to learn about offensive linemen, he's the guy. Um, and yeah, he he loves AJ Khan, but we'll see. I mean. Even if he's just holding the position for a year, it's just yeah. We got to uh, see. Well, I mean, the, uh, I mean, the complaint what? out of Jacksonville. The complaint out of Jacksonville was he wasn't playing with any more power this past year. Like he just didn't. He might have been playing hurt, which you know that makes sense. But also, like, are we really going to judge like a Jag that's been good for them prior to this season and a year where Urban Meyer was the head coach? terrible coaching staff like fired head coach like quarterback didn't play well the roster was awful like can you really like put a ton of that on on aj can and could and he only played four games so yeah no i again i think anybody from jacksonville pa- this past year almost deserves a uh, a mulligan because the stories that just continue to come out about urban meyer Oh the fact God. that he may be the worst NFL coaching hire ever. Ever. And I'm right with y'all, uh, Greg and Defons. Brees Hall, dude, I said before on this podcast that I probably wouldn't celebrate a first-round running back or a second-round r- running back. But Brees Hall, he, he's special. Kenneth Walker is my guy. Kenneth Walker? Okay. He's he's not bad either, um, and I say a spiller. I like them both. But Brees Hall has just got his athleticism is just off the charts. I wouldn't so, mind him at, at that if he's there in the second round at, at pick three. If I'm you down. get Kenneth Kenneth Walker in the third round, probably a better value than Brees Hall in the first of the second. But you can't take a running back at thirteen. You just can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't. But can you? No, no you, you can't. can't. You can't. You can't. Not this team. This team needs too much. Yeah, because running backs only last for about four years, no matter yeah. how good they are. Yeah, so, um, well, cool. Well, awesome. All right, guys. Well, I uh, hope you guys appreciated the um, the, the show tonight. Uh, glad we were able to get to it. I think we're back fully. Might take a week off here and there after the draft, but just because that long season, that off-season drought from after the draft on until training camp is a bit much. But we got to get back to the brittle. position. We got to get back to the position group reviews that we used to do when uh, heading into OTAs and training camps. That was like yeah. a, a fan favorite segment where we would break down the position groups and talk about them. Um, we well, I mean, gotta... last last year we were just. We, I mean, last year was just tough. <laughs> last for, year was just for tough. like anybody that covered the positions. Yeah. yeah. So this year, there's optimism again. We've got. 
potentially a quarterback. We've got a lot of youth coming on. Like this year is going to be a lot more fun. I think like the post draft breakdown, we're not even going to be able to do that in one episode. No, there's going to be so many, so many new players. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, like, could you imagine if Dave Smills really does take like that next step in his development though? Like imagine if he has a Herbert type year. I mean, he doesn't even have to have a Herbert type year. But no, no, I'm not saying he does. I mean, I'm just saying imagine if he does is all I'm saying. I mean, I, that dude. <laughs> that if if Davis Mills is the quarterback, and there's way too many ifs, but if he's first off, Davis Mills has all the physical traits to be a very good quarterback in the NFL. It's all about mental processing. And I mean, he got better as he played. So I just don't want to, I don't want to jinx him. Like Davis Mills is a better thrower than Burrow. Better, better. He has a better arm. Yeah. Better arm. I didn't say he was more accurate. I said he's a better thrower. So better arm. Maybe. Yeah, easily. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to say easily. Burrow wins in spite of his arm, but, but compare, just go watch a little bit of the tape. Like Burrow's okay. awesome. Like I don't, I'm not disparate, not putting Burrow down, but Davis Mills has a significantly better arm than Joe Burrow. Now is he on, but he's not, he's not on the Mahomes level, but I mean, Burrow wins with anticipation and Davis Mills shows glimpses of having that same timing and and, anticip- and anticipation that Burrow does. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, imagine if, to, like, somehow, some way, Davis Mills is better than Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Just imagine. What that, would be the, that, would, that would be the universe making everything right. What a freaking story. And not only that, not, not only that, uh, and I said it last season, and I'll say it again now. The amount of love that that Davis Mills gets from national guys is extremely mm-hmm. intriguing to me. It's extremely intriguing. Colin Cowherd put out a tweet. There's been tons of guys in the national media that have tr- talked a lot about Davis Mills. And I just feel like it's a storyline that is building up. And what... A, like you honestly, and I said this too, you can't write a better storyline. You can't write a better storyline in the NFL than if Davis Mills ends up being the franchise quarterback and ends up being like that guy, that top tier quarterback for in the NFL. If Davis Mills what ends if, up being that guy, like that is a storyline that is nuts. What if Davis Mills ends up being like a Matt Ryan type quarterback? You How can win with that. Hey, look, can yeah. we talk about the Colts, dude? If, if Look, the Colts with Matt Ryan is kind of scary. It's terrible. Like this isn't this isn't Carson Wentz. Okay, this is a guy who has led the league. Like I think he leads the league in passing yards over like the last like nine years or something like that. Like it's something crazy. The Colts got so much better by getting Matt Ryan because they got consistency at quarterback. And while he isn't a top five quarterback, I would say he's top ten. And I don't know, dude. I no. I, I mean, I, I find it really interesting. And I know we say that every year about the Colts for like the last three years. It's like this is enough. This is enough. This is enough. 
But for well, some we, reason, I'm worried prefaced, that this might be right. We prefaced last year that the Colts had probably the most talented and depth um, lineup outside quarterback of any team in the AFC. Just between depth, how how much how deep their roster was, and just how much talent they had, and Carson Wentz completely wasted that. Matt Ryan is not Matthew Stafford, not on that level at this point in his career, not anymore. But still, they Matt Ryan will unlock Taylor in a way that that's going to be pretty interesting. Um, just because they're going to be able to run more pro style, more pro formations. Um, I think that Jonathan Taylor, I think he averaged like six yard, almost six yards per carry from um, under center versus out of the shotgun. So like there was a significant, he's a significant more efficient runner and he was already unreal with how efficient he was last year. And Matt Ryan's not going to do the stupid stuff that Wentz did. So yeah. Or that Philip good. did. Or the, or the Philip did. Or the Philip did. You're right. Um, yeah. yeah, the Colts. Colts are going to be interesting. All right. Um, all right, guys. Uh, well, with that being said, I think that we'll wrap it up here. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support. Tell a friend about the Texans Unfiltered. Um, five years running, longest Texans podcast in the history of Texans podcast. Yeah. And uh, follow us on YouTube. Hit that like and subscribe button. Um, and thank you guys for all the support. And with that being said, I am Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We will catch you guys next week.